Welcome to the Everything Leafs podcast. I'm Kevin Papetti here with Nick D'Souza, writer at the Leafs Nation. Nick, today we are recapping a tough Game 3 loss, to say the least. The Leafs were up 3 nothing right around the halfway point. Goals from CeCe. Uh, we also saw a, a nice first NHL goal from Robertson, if we want to take the positives. Uh, but... Obviously, anytime you blow a 3-0 lead, even when there's half the game left, it's going to be disappointing. The Leafs are now down 2-1 in the series. Nick, obviously it's disappointing, but what are your thoughts on this game, other than, I guess, the obvious? Yeah, um, I mean, to start, I, you know, for half the game, that Toronto's in the complete driver's seat. Uh, I thought they got a little lucky with the CC goal, obviously, but... Um, and then the Nylander one comes on the power play, and then right after, they get Robertson's goal. So, I mean... This game was to be had. Um, you know, if you want to take a positive, I think this is a learning lesson. But just just a ton of issues going on with this game. I felt um, there is like a, a little bit of, of bad luck. I think with with Columbus coming back. But again, like you said, this is a three nothing lead, um, and just some just some fundamental issues that I saw with that lead, especially at three one in the third period. That um, you know, it just can't happen. What when you say fundamental issues? What are you referring to there? Yeah, so I rewatched that third period um, yesterday. Actually, I saw your tweet about how you felt. You rewatched like the third period. I saw your tweet, to be honest, and I knew we were going to be recording. I wanted to record last night, <laughs> uh, but it probably wouldn't have been as good as it is going to be the, today. But um, you know, I, I rewatched it because I, 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 I thought that defensively, I thought the Leafs weren't very good the first time I watched it. So I rewatched it before I went to bed. And just far too many partial um, odd man rushes or real odd man rushes in the third period, especially when they're up 3-1. And then after, even when it's 3-2, you see the Dermot pinch. So so 18-30 left in the third. You have a partial 3-on-2 for Columbus. Um, they get into the zone. Columbus makes a bad pass, and it fizzles out. A minute later, 17-30, Columbus breaks out in the 3-on-2. It lands into a tough kind of race for Justin Hall. He takes a tripping penalty. Mind you, this is all when the Leafs are up 3-1. So that's two part two odd man rushes right in the first five minutes. So then for the next couple minutes, you get kind of like back and forth, kind of like some crazy neutral zone back and forth hockey where neither team is really getting a chance because they're kind of having t- a tough time kind of executing and creating chances. But it's not subtle play. Like it's not tight play. This is 3-1 right now between 1730 and around 11 minutes it's just back and forth kind of loose hockey and then 1101 Engvall with a neutral zone turnover four on three for Columbus turns into a mini three on two you get a big save from Anderson then the Seth Jones goal happens which is kind of a breakdown in the defensive zone where the puck comes around all the players are collapsed onto their own net onto the Leafs players are collapsed onto the net Jones gets to step up and it's a really good shot uh, from kind of like a low percentage area, but so it's three two now. Almost like a minute and a half later, you have the Dermot pinch, which I think we should stop here and just talk about that because you know I, I didn't really have a problem with the pinch itself in a vacuum, but there needs to be some sort of recognition I think from this team that like when you're up, you can't have that many odd man rushes going the other way. I didn't mind the pinch, but in a three two game in game three. You're up one, less than 10 minutes left. I don't love the pinch. And then Kapanen doesn't really take his spot. You have Justin Hall that's also circling up, 
past the blue line and then has to kind of scramble back to make sure it's not a 2 on 0 and I didn't really like his route as a result of that because he didn't really have a good starting point. So, And then obviously Dubois ties the game. And I'm going to get into the, the moments after that. Actually, I'll quickly say it now. So then it's 3-3 three, 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 and then the game gets pretty wild. The Leafs start to really open up. And there's a 3-on-2 at 7-43 where Wierenski just misses wide. Then 3-58, there's a 4-on-3 that turns into a 2-on-1. Anderson makes two giant saves point blank. And then 145, the Leafs have what, by my count, one of their first odd man rushes of the third period. So they get a four on three. Uh, Riley's, Riley's shot was saved by Elvis. So my, my big problem isn't so much with the defensemen here. I think it's with both. Like, Ford's back checking, taking the spots of pinching defensemen. I thought the Fords were a bit too aggressive in that third period, especially at 3 1 and 3 2. Um, you need to know, I just think that you need to know that you're up in an important game. You don't need to make this 4-1. It's more important to defend at that point. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree big time there. Um, with me, I think when you're up 3 nothing, different than the Boston game where it's 4-1, there's more than half the game left. You had shut Columbus out last game. They're going to score at some point. Um, I think you can't be sitting back that early. Uh, I, I, but they weren't sitting. They weren't sitting back. Like, how can you have? How can you sit back and have give up? They had no chances one, two, for. Three. They had zero chances for the whole third period, uh, up until it was tied. But that's not a problem. In that's not a problem in pushing up. That's a problem in offensive zone execution. I didn't see huge defensive breakdowns. I didn't see, and I know people want to get to that because it's you know a blown lead. But you can't have zero, like, as soon as Merzilkins came in, they had nothing on him. It was like David Ayers came. So they did hit two posts, Marner with one, I believe Matthews with the other. So they did come close in that perspective. But they sat back. I thought they were far too passive. I thought the Engvall turnover was fine, just a hockey play. Uh, I thought the Dermot pitch, pinch was fine. Kapanen was in support. Uh, the issue was, you know, Kapanen takes a swipe at the puck, misses, and then he's exhausted, so his first few steps are slow, so he doesn't catch him. Similar thing in overtime with Riley. That's when I thought there were, I thought Riley the whole overtime was was very aggressive. I thought it might burn him, and it ended up doing. It ended up burning him. But you can't like the game as soon as they switch goalies. Uh, up until the overtime, there was not many. Uh, chances like the Leafs after after the second I believe are seventy six percent expected goals they're up three one at that point I'm I'm completely fine with how the game's going like the the first Dubois goal was fairly innocent um, but when you have a two goal lead heading into the third that first power play they really struggled and then I thought just thought they got nothing going um, this wasn't a three zero lead in the third it was a three one lead in the third. Uh, again, I don't think you can sit back on a on a half a game lead. So uh, I wanted, obviously, I wanted to go up four one. Um, that's how I would have approached it, and I thought they just got nothing going offensively. Yeah, I think more in the offensive zone. Maybe we're we're talking about two different things here. Like when you say sit back, I don't think you can say that they had players sitting back physically. I think that because that would kind of just, that just wasn't really true. They did have guys like three three forwards aggressively going after the forecheck in that third period. But they were losing battles. They were just losing puck battles. They were second to the puck. 
and they even had like forwards like I mean their defensemen Riley Dermott rovering rovering around so like I don't think they sat back in terms of positionally but just their offensive zone execution wasn't great a lot of missed passes as soon as they entered the offensive zone um so in that case yeah I guess they just their level of play was a little lower so I guess we can kind of say that sat back but I don't think positionally this team was ready to defend I don't think that they really were conservative at all I thought they were still quite aggressive and maybe too aggressive I didn't see too much over aggression there in the third at all um I think I think yeah you can say maybe they weren't sitting I mean, back the, but the, the tying goal is over aggression the tying goal was that the Dermot pitch right no I don't think that's over aggression I think you need to pinch because you need to have the puck at some point the Leafs were Columbus was completely dictating play at that point of the game uh you, you can't sit back for 10 minutes you can sit back for three minutes or four minutes not 10 minutes. I wanted some sort of offensive pressure. I thought last game the Leafs did well in terms of just sticking to their game plan in the third. Uh, they were pretty dominant after two periods last game. This is game two. And then they, they kept it going in the third. I think in, in this game, third period comes. Uh, they start on a power play. Tavares has a real rough shift. Doesn't set really the tone. And then you just let Columbus be the more urgent team. Columbus wanted it more. I think the they were just completely dictating play. Uh, I was surprised we didn't get a, a timeout from Sheldon Keefe. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it was a, a pretty innocent, uh, you know, you're up 3-1. Seth Jones scores, which uh, I believe that one was after the power play, like just after. And then it, it just felt like, you know, a bit of a bad break on, on the you know, Dermot Kapanen play, but I want more from Kapanen there. I, I know he's tired, but he, he's he's got a he's the fastest guy on the team. He's got to at least have his guy there. I thought it was a breakdown from Kapanen more than so than Dermot. Um, but that, again, like I, I don't think this was like brutal defensive zone turnovers resulting in goals or, or guys completely missing their you know assignments in the defensive zone. I just would have liked to test Elvis more. Um, I. Until the overtime, I really didn't see much of anything. and It just felt like they were kind of handing Columbus every opportunity. Yeah, and again, I mean, they, they didn't test Elvis because of offensive zone, just mis-execution at the end. Um, you, or you in the could call it that. In general. You can call it mis-execution. I think it's just general urgency. Like, there, score, score effects do exist, and I think like you can expect Columbus to get more of the shots, but you can't have it that lopsided. When you say lopsided, like shots in the third period were, I think it was like eight eight or I mean, let me pull it up. It was seven nines. Shots were expected goals. Not the Leafs were well below fifty. Um, I believe they were around forty. Uh, and what you would need is, you know, it, all the Leafs really needed is for you know Marner or Matthews instead of hitting the post to to just slide that puck in and get another insurance goal. They're feeling okay, but uh, you know it also didn't help that there are a couple of penalties Columbus took that didn't get called. Refs put the whistles away. That didn't help. But all in all, I, I don't think this was comparable to the the Boston game. Uh, obviously, the three zero was was half the game left. I don't think anyone was saying it was in the bag. Obviously, it's disappointing to lose, but like, I, I don't think it's the same colossal uh, collapse that, that most do. 
that being said, obviously you're going to need a, a, a quick turnaround here to, to try to even things up uh, in tonight's game. And it, it's obviously disappointing. Anytime you're up 3 nothing, it's going to be disappointing. But um, I, I just, I want, if they have a lead tonight, I want more urgency in the third. Uh, keep the pressure on Columbus like they did in game two. I don't want them to, you know, let Columbus kind of dictate play as much as they did tonight. Yeah, I think I think that you'll see a lot of comparisons between this and 2013. Um, yeah, obviously the, the 2013 was that team was was unable to to outplay their opponents. They almost invited pressure to come in and hope that Reimer kind of saved them. Uh, this team, it's it was completely different. But uh, yeah, I you know on the positive side, in 2013, that was Game Seven. You know that was the the final story of the year. And with this team, they have a chance tonight to, you know, right away, the next day, um, you know, kind of turn the ship around. But, uh, yeah, I, I think even if they have a 3 nothing lead in the second period, I think you're expected to win. I think if you could somehow start the game in the first period with a 3 nothing lead, you're, you're heavily supposed to be the favorite to win that game. So, so yeah, it's disappointing to say the least. Yeah, uh, obviously they're expected to win. Um, I would have liked. I think there's a couple chances there that could have went up four with the post, but not enough, I guess, is, is, is kind of where I stand on it. Uh, but I, get the, I guess the point is now is you can't feel sorry for yourself if you're the Leafs. Uh, it, basically, it's the equivalent of game six tonight, uh, which if, if, you're, like, if you're the Leafs, last year you were up 3-2 on Boston, so you know a team can come back. And I just think that's what... Uh, the the best teams do is is you know you can lose these games and be okay, but you need to make it as hard as possible for that other team to eliminate you. You can just stay in it and win your elimination games. I know it sounds obvious. You're gonna do okay. So I, I think it's just looking the Blue Jackets in the eye tonight, saying you know do your best to eliminate us because we're not going down easily. I think that's what you have to do. I thought last year Tampa kind of rolled over, almost felt sorry for themselves, almost like you know. Why, like, our it was almost as if Tampa last year was saying, like, our regular season record should, you know, give us a 3 0 lead in the series, or we should have a we should have had a bye in the series. That's how they were approaching it after they were down. You could see the frustration. Uh, with the short turnaround here, I think you need just to go in with a fresh mindset, uh, compete well. We know what this Leafs team's capable of. We saw in game two a pretty dominant performance, and I think the first 40 minutes of, of game three they look quite good as well. Uh, just same pressure. Hopefully, you get a few bounces and and come back strong. Uh, I guess I guess the other thing, Nick, is I'm I'm hoping that we're not talking about Lafreniere uh, as of tomorrow. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean th- that can't be even in their thought process right now. But I'm hoping that we're not talking about the next podcast isn't about Lafreniere. But uh, yeah, like you said, I mean you, you you hope that the Leafs come out tonight and they they come out flying and they almost like a better performance than what they were yesterday, even though they were the better team for 40 minutes last night. Um, you know, when I look at the the blue line without Muzzin, I thought, I thought, I thought Dermot was okay. Um, you know, given the circumstances, I thought he had his moments. Um, obviously the pinch is going to be the thing that kind of revolves around everyone's mind. But I mean, other, like I thought he was okay last night. I thought Marinson was was exactly what I expected. I thought he was really good at breaking up the cycles and even defending his line as usual. He was very good. The puck on his stick was a different story. 
um, under pressure. He had a lot of trouble. We saw those turnovers. We saw some odd icings from him. But in terms of his shot share, it came up really good and expected goals. His numbers came up really good. I'm still kind of in between whether that's just a product of how well the Leafs were playing in general. Um, but, you know, not really too many cl- complaints with Marinson other than when the puck was on his stick. Um, and then Riley, I thought, had a tough game all, all night. Like you were saying, he was just being a little bit too over-aggressive. And I think last night we it showed just how, how important Muzzin is to this team because Muzzin gets those tough minutes instead of Riley. Um, I just think Riley's an, obviously an attack-first defender. And when when he's up, when you're up, you know he he's a, a bit of a liability just because of how much he wants to step up up the ice, and it can burn you like it did last night. Yeah, I think overtime, like Riley, just over and over again, just seemed to be pinching without support. I, I'm fine with it if you're if you have support, but it, it just seemed like there there was a couple chances where if Columbus turned it around, you'd have an odd man rush. Obviously, we we saw at the end there, um, Riley was gassed, couldn't get back. Uh, I wanted a better effort from him on the first few strides. It looked like he kind of took his time getting back the first few strides, and then that kind of made a big difference. Another guy I want to kind of single out for a, a rough night is Austin Matthews. I did not think he was good. Uh, a couple, I know I, I saw some people praising his two-way game. I didn't think it was great last night. There was a shift where Marinson, uh, I know it was Marinson. I don't know who the other defender was. I'm assuming it was Barry. Uh, they were out there for a very long shift, Matthews has the puck, turns it over twice. So they're staying out there. So I think, uh, I thought Matthews had a weak game. Uh, just two shots on goal. I think he hit the post once, so we'll give him that one. So three shots on goal. You need more than that. Uh, he had a, a, a couple of chances where, like, I think he, he passed a Hyman on, on the rush, which was a nice chance. Fine, whatever. But he's got to find a way to get more shots on goal. If you have the best wrist shot in the world, I want you testing the goalies a little bit more often, to say the least. So I, I think they need more out of him. In the overtime, I was really looking towards Matthews, Robertson, uh, Tavares, even Engvall, even though Engvall hasn't scored in forever. Just the guys with the heavy shots. Uh, I want to get them the puck and just give them a chance to shoot, especially Matthews. And it just felt like uh, they weren't really generating that. They had some good chances, more of the crashing in the net. I thought the Tavares line... Had a couple good chances in overtime. But for Matthews, I expect more. I expect him to at least test the goalie a little bit more often. So I'll single him out, Nick. I know you singled out Riley. Uh, why don't we get into some positives here? Who who stood out to you tonight? Um, I think the easy answer would be Nick Robertson. Obviously, he gets his first goal. But I just think that throughout the series, the we've seen him almost grow. And his, his game is just... Like, even as a player, like, even if you didn't know that he was an 18-year-old, you didn't know that he was drafted last year, I think that even to casual fans, he's a player that will step, will, um, sorry, just shine in general because of how well he's playing right now. Um, He's just aggressive on the puck. He wants to get himself involved on when he's, when the the puck is on his stick, he's making good decisions. Um, And it's it's nice for him to get that goal last night. And it just showcases why it was so important for the Leafs to put him into the lineup. A pretty, you know, I would say routine shot around the hash marks, one-timer, is a dangerous chance when it's him. And last night we saw that Corpusalo couldn't handle it. 
and they get a goal out of it. So just that shooting talent is so important in this type of a series. I wish that that was the game-winning goal or, you know, even the Leafs won so that we could be talking about that right now. But, um, but yeah, I just I just love Nicholas, Nick Robertson. I just think that it was so good that they're they're actually playing him in this series. Yeah, I think with Robertson, right before he scored, like five seconds before, I tweeted out, like, he's 5'9", he's 18, he just refuses to win puck battles. So I, I just think his work on the forecheck was great. His release, he gets the shot off so quickly that goalies don't really have time to get set up. Um, so I think that kind of contributed to his goal. I like more than one shot. I think the Leafs kind of have to almost res- revolve their offense around him a bit more. Uh, I almost felt like when Marner was a rookie, like, it took them a while to say, okay, let's let this guy run the power play. Um, so I think the same with, we didn't really see much power play too. Um, I know the first unit played the whole two minutes, uh, on the last power play there just because it went into the intermission. Um, but I, I want to see him, I want to see them use him more, whether it's Kerfoot Kapanen trying to find him more cause he's got such a wicked shot. So I'm going to assume that's your first star. Is that all right? Yeah, definitely. And, and he's the first player in the 2019 draft class to get a playoff goal. So Pretty good for a mid-second round pick. Yeah, if someone bet on that on draft day, they, they made a lot of money. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go my first star. Ugh, it's tough. It's a tough night for three stars here. I'll go, I'll give it to, I, I don't know if this is, I don't think it's too controversial. William Nylander, I like the goal. Uh, he's just been such a great uh, net front presence. I thought the Tavares line played pretty well. I thought Nylander just played pretty well. He had four shots, tested the goalie a bit more. Um, just seems to be... I, I just like having him as the net front scorer. He's, he's done so well there. So I'll give mine on Nylander. Uh, don't think there's amazing choices tonight, but we'll get my first. Who are you taking as your second? I'll go Pierre Engvall. I thought that fourth line was good all night. They've been were kind of a, a topic of conversation because... There was an opportunity or a chance that Keefe was going to go with 11 forward 7D, uh, which would have kind of broken up that fourth line. I thought they responded really well. Um, Engvall, I thought he was skating well all night, helping in the neutral zone, transitioning the puck from the defensive zone to the offensive zone. Um, his decision-making in the neutral zone, I love when he you know, kind of assesses the situation and decides to turn back and keep possession for the Leafs rather than just a measly dump into the into the offensive zone, something we've seen so much, uh, especially with past Leaf teams. So, uh, yeah, my second star is definitely Engvall. Okay, my second star is Cody Cece. Big, uh, big day for Cody. Uh, when he wound up that shot, I was screaming at the TV, no, 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 don't shoot, don't shoot. Sure enough, he shoots. Um which I thought was a very bad decision at the time, but it worked, thanks to Seth Jones. Um, you had Kapanen wide open for a one-timer, what had an empty net. Uh, you also just had the ability to just kill a little bit more time off the clock just by you know holding it in there, dumping it in. Um, so I don't know what the expected goal percent was for CC there, but it worked. So I'll give him, uh, I'll give him my second star there. Uh, I don't think I don't even think he was on for a goal against. At least I didn't see one. Um, so you know, great for Cody Cece. Uh, I don't know how often I'll give him my one of my three stars, but uh, I'll make an exception tonight. Nick, who's your third? Uh, yeah, I'll keep going with the fourth line. I'll, I'll go with Kyle Clifford, another player that uh, has been apparent actually throughout the series. I think that his physicality has been um, has been apparent and it's been effective. Now he does get caught. Now I shouldn't be saying. 
this is kind of a negative to go along with the three stars, but um, he does get caught with some kind of forcing his hits where, you know, the, there's the defender that's already past the puck and Clifford kind of finishes his hit, which I think is okay. But then, you know, later in the play, it's a four on three or a three on two. Uh, that was happening a little bit earlier in the game, but but then that fourth line just kind of took over and it felt like every single time they were on the ice, the Leafs were in the offensive zone doing... Um, going to work. So I thought Clifford was great on the cycle. He was winning puck battles. Uh, and obviously that physicality is, is always nice. Um, unless it's causing odd man rushes the other way. That's the only, my only beef with Clifford, but, um, but yeah, so I, I think I'll go with him. Good pick. Fourth line was good all night. Uh, I wanted the 11 forward 7D. I think you did as well, but you know, I will say that it, because it's a back to back, maybe that changed right. things. Maybe they wanted to get that fourth line more ice time. And I guess they did end up deserving it. So, uh, it worked out okay. Uh, my last one, there's a few options here. I thought Marner played well. Um, he had that really nice pass on the on the power play. Uh, I know, I think people are, are hoping for a goal from him. He, he did at the post. Um, I won't pick him, though. I'm going to pick, you know, Kerfitt's a decent option to assist. I'm going to go, like, a bit off the board here and go Mikhaev. Um He had no points, so, you know, probably a surprise pick for, for most people, I guess. I just thought he was... Good on the four check, especially in overtime. Uh, both him and Hyman, I thought, played pretty well tonight, just in terms of you know winning puck battles, battling, uh, especially in the first two periods in overtime. So I'll give one to Makayev. We don't have a ton of options here, I guess, uh, given the, the nature of the game. But uh, Nick, any final thoughts on either Game 3 or ahead of us tonight in Game 4? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with a player that I want to see more from. Obviously, you want to see... You know, all the players really perform well. I'm glad that you brought up Marner. I thought that that second, you know, kind of the middle of the game yesterday was the first time that we've really seen Marner close to his best in this series. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, the Leafs do have a lot of good players, but Mitch Marner's right up there and he needs to be a leader on this team and he needs to be the, one of the best players on the ice tonight. Um, you're, like you said, you're facing elimination and you need to make it difficult for Columbus to... To eliminate you, you need your best players to be to be playing, and and I just, you know, a, a period and a half out of six period or more periods, sorry, nine periods isn't really good enough for me, uh, especially a player that's being played has played so much and I mean getting paid so much and who has such a great resume at such a young age. I mean, you need more. Um, so I would I'd like to see more from Marner. Um, I'll also touch on Kerfoot. I think he's been really good this series. But I was going to put him in my, my three stars, but you know, any time a, a player is on for three, even straight goals against, and he was, he was the like, primary puck carrier right before most of those counterattacks occurred. So that's what kept him out of the three stars. Um, but other than those goals and those little events there, I thought that he's been great. He was great last night. So um, you know, I want to see more from Kerfoot tonight and, and hopefully he stays out of that, stays off the ice when goals are scored for the other team. Yeah. A couple of tough breaks for Kerfoot in Game 3. I think he's been good all series, as you said. Marner, I haven't, I haven't minded at all. Uh, I thought he was kind of weak in Game 1, which, which obviously sucks, but I thought he was pretty good in Game 2, despite not a ton of offense. I think he was pretty good tonight, especially with that assist. Um, you know, I, I think you do hope that him and Matthews kind of do that next-generation type of game and step up and, and play huge. That's kind of what we're looking for tonight. Um, I, I guess the other guy I'm looking for is Morgan Riley to step up. Played 32 minutes tonight, so uh, 
going to be interesting to see how he does in such a short turnaround after playing so many minutes. Uh, this guy who had 70-plus points last year, I believe, for the Leafs. Uh, I know he's not getting the first power play, but with, with Muzzin out, he's going to be playing big minutes. You need him to, to step up defensively, and I like to see him get on the scoreboard. I know he had the empty net goal, uh, but I want a little bit. I want him to drive the offense. He's going to need to do it. Uh, they have not a ton of good puck movers back there now with Marinson and Cece back there. I don't think Dermott and Hall are, you know, elite offensive defensemen. So whether it's Riley, whether it's Barry, and I'm honing in on Riley here, I think they really need to be setting the tone in terms of moving the puck up the ice, uh, being, I guess, a little bit more choosy in terms of when they, when they pinch, specifically Riley. Um, and, and I mean, I, I think a good performance from him tonight could, could help them uh, put them over the top here and force a game five but yeah I'll also mention oh sorry I'll also mention one more player I think Frederick Anderson needs a big game I think that goes without saying uh, just a player that in the past in elimination games hasn't always had his best um, game seven last year comes to mind uh, game six against Washington comes to mind so I think tonight Anderson I mean he's now in his fourth season now with the Leafs and still hasn't won a series as I've said many times on this podcast so you know you just you just hope that he has a really good game tonight because you know I, th- I think the Leafs need to win this this Columbus series and Anderson needs a, a series win so um no softies for Anderson tonight is what I'm hoping yeah good point I think too uh playing back-to-back is, is always a challenge for a goalie uh Columbus might have an edge there because their goalie played half a game rather than a full game um so we'll we'll Keep a close eye on Freddie as always, but I, I guess in particular tonight, it's a good point. Um, Nick, we'll, we'll hopefully be back on a positive note after this game. Uh, we got a great day of playoff hockey here. Uh, we have the, the Islanders Panthers, Predators Coyotes, Penguins Canadians, Oilers Blackhawks, Canucks Wild, and then also the Leafs Blue Jackets. So it's going to be a great day, and uh, hopefully we're talking about a win Uh, after tonight so thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see everyone after tonight's game